Well, it's like being in an all-age Sunday school today. We had the kids acting out the part. I thought it was good. Um, it was a good experience. Thank you, children, boys and girls, and thank you, Tim and Brooke, for what you've done. Um, thank you for your word too, Tim. It's, um, the Lord is with us today. This is the day that the Lord has made. So let us honour our Lord by saying together the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples. Our Father... Who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. There is a saying, I'm sure you've heard this saying, that when the going gets tough, the tough get going. There is some truth in that. However, if we cast our mind back to David, when he was a fugitive, fleeing and hiding from King Saul, who was out to do away with him, well, at this time, he was returning with his men from the Philistines' army to Ziglag, which was part of the Philistine territory. Ziglag was given to David by King Ashish. It was given to David for, his, for, for David and his family and his people to live there. David was safe from King Saul there. When a, a David arrived, they, um, he was out with his men and they had just come back from the Philistines. David arrived. To their dismay, they found the Amalekites. Now, these Amalekites gave a lot of trouble to Israel. They found that the Amalekites had been there and captured all the women and children and taken them along with all their livestock. Not only that, they put Ziglag to the torch. It was burnt. David and his men were distraught and they wept in grief, throwing themselves down. They wept till they could weep no more in grief. Then David's men turned on David in their despair and grief, threatening to stone him. They put the blame on him. But David immediately strengthened himself in the Lord. He focused on the Lord. He cried out to the Lord and he was encouraged in the Lord. David inquired of the Lord and the Lord said to David, Pursue your enemies, for you shall surely overtake them and recover all that they have stolen. So David and his 600 men took off and they pursued the Amalekites. They overtook them and they conquered them. David recovered all the women and children as well as their livestock, just as the Lord had promised. When the going gets tough then, it is best to strengthen ourselves in the Lord our God, as David did. That's what we need to do now today. During the time of uh, Judges, about 1191 BC, which is a little while ago, we read about the account of Gideon, who became a judge in Israel. The children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, as they often did. They even worshipped the Canaanite gods, 
They departed from the ways and worship of the Lord who led them into the promised land to live and to serve the Lord there. So the Lord delivered his people into the hand of the Midianites and allies for seven long years. And so the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people of the east prevailed over the Israelites. They came into the land like invading locusts and camped there with their camels and cattle eating all the pasture, all the grass, all the crops, everything that could have been eaten, these things ate it. They totally destroyed the land. The Israelites suffered terribly and were impoverished. Finally, the Israelites cried out to the Lord in desperation. There was no one else to turn to. The Lord then took the initiative. Don't we love it? Don't you love it when the Lord takes the initiative? When God does something, God sent a prophet to his people. And a prophet said to them, Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, I brought you up out of the land of Egypt and I delivered you from slavery. I delivered you from oppression. I drove your enemies out from before you and I gave you their land. I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Fear not the God of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But you have not listened to my voice, you have not obeyed me. Then God sent his angel under the, to sit under the terebinth tree at Ophrah, which belongs to Joash the Abizorite. And his son Gideon was beating out wheat in the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. The angel appeared to Gideon and spoke to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of fearless courage. When Gideon got over his shock, he said, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? Why are all the, where are all the miracles our, for, our fathers told us about? They told us, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to Gideon and said, Go in this your might and you shall save Israel from the hand of Midian. Have I not sent you? Gideon cries, O Lord, how can I deliver Israel? Behold, my clan is the poorest in Manasseh. I am the least in my father's house. The Lord replied, Surely I will be with you, and you shall smite the Midianites as one man. Gideon said to him, If I have found favour in your sight, then show me a sign that it is you who talks with me. Please stay here while I go and bring back my offering to you. Gideon races off and butchers a young goat, cooks it and makes some soup, makes some unleavened cakes of bread. He then races back to present the meat and the bread in a basket and the soup in a pot. The angel says, Gideon, put the meat and the bread on this here rock. And Gideon did so. The angel poked then and he said, Now pour the soup over it, Gideon, and then stand back. Gideon did so. The angel poked the point of his staff onto the meat and the bread, and immediately the fire surged up from the rock and consumed the meat and the bread. The angel vanished from Gideon's sight. Gideon was a bit perturbed and said, 
Alas, O Lord, for I've seen the angel of the Lord face to face. The Lord spoke to him and said, Peace to you, you shall not die. Gideon built an altar to the Lord there and called it the Lord is peace. That very night, the Lord tells Gideon, Take your father's bull and tear down the altar of Baal that your father has. Cut down the Asherah that is beside it. The Asherah is a symbol of the goddess Asherah, a pagan goddess. Build an altar on top of this stronghold with stones. Lay it out in the proper order. Take the bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the Asherah, which you shall cut down. Gideon took ten men with him and did all that the Lord told him to do. But he did it by night so that he would not be seen by his father's household and the men of the city. The next morning there was an uproar. The men of the city rose early and saw what was done to their graven image. They cried out, Who? Who? Who has done this thing? Soon they discovered that Gideon had done it. They said to Joash, Hand over your son so we can put him to death. Joash replied, Let Baal contend for himself. If he is a god... Let him contend for himself because it is his altar that has been destroyed. Then Joash called Gideon Jeroboam, meaning let Baal contend for himself because he has pulled down his altar. Suddenly the Midianites and the Amalekites and the people from the eastern all came together, crossing the Jordan River. They set up camp in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon Gideon. Gideon blew the trumpet, and the clan of Abizia all gathered to him. He sent messages throughout all of Manasseh, and also Asher and Zebulon and Naphtali, and they all came to Gideon. Gideon then asked the Lord, If you will deliver Israel by my hand, as you have said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is a dew on the fleece in the morning only, and yet the ground is dry, then I shall know that you will deliver Israel by my hand. And it was so. Early next morning the ground was dry, but Gideon wrung a bowl full of water out of the fleece. Gideon cried out again to the Lord, Please do not be angry with me. Let me ask just one more thing, one more time. Let me put the fleece out just once more time tonight. Only let the fleece be dry but let the ground be wet with Jews. That night, Gideon put out the fleece again on the threshing floor. The next morning arose early and went to the fleece. The fleece was bone dry, but the ground was wringing wet with dew. Gideon was convinced now. He led all of his men to camp with him beside the spring of Herod just south of the huge camp of the Midianites in the valley of Moray. The Midianite army and their allies numbered a total of 135,000 men. Gideon numbered just, Gideon's army numbered just 32,000 men. Very interesting. Yet the Lord said to Gideon, 
Gideon, you have too many men for me to too many men for me to give the Midianites into your hand. Israel will boast about themselves against me, saying, Our own hand has delivered us. <clears throat> After all, the battle belonged to the Lord. Proclaim to your men, Gideon, that anyone who is afraid to turn back and depart from Mount Gilead. Twenty two thousand men left, but ten thousand remained. Yet the Lord said to Gideon, You still have too many men, Gideon. Bring them all down to the water, and I will test them there. Watch them as they drink. Every man that dips his hand into the water and laps the water down, you shall set him aside, for he shall remain with you. Every man that bows down on his knees to drink, you shall send him to his tent. He shall not go with you. You see, the men, they had to wade through the stream to get to the, to the water. They had to pass through it. It was only shallow water. And so, it, and so Gideon did this, and the men that lapped the water, that scooped it up, drank it, was only 300. 300 men from 32,000 left. The rest of them Gideon sent to their tents, all 9,700 of them. What was different about these 300 men? Well, firstly, they trusted God. Along with Gideon, they trusted God. These men were alert and they were cautious. They were on guard. They were ready for anything. They swallowed the water in an upright position. As the children illustrated, they were on watch. They were on guard. God chose these men because they were faithful. The Lord declared to Gideon, Gideon, with these 300 men, I will deliver you and give all the Midianites and their allies into your hand. Gideon prepared his army. To each man he issued a trumpet, an empty pitcher with a torch hidden inside. That same night, The Lord said to Gideon, Arise and go down against their camp, for I have given it into your hand. Yet if you fear to go down, take Pura, your servant, with you and go down to the camp, and I will encourage you. Gideon went down with Pura to the outpost of the camp of the armed men. All the hosts of the enemy lay along the valley floor like locusts along with their camels, too numerous numerous to account. Gideon arrived. Then he heard a man telling his dream to to his comrade. I have dreamed a dream, and behold, a cake of barley bread tumbled into our camp. It struck the tent and flattened the tent completely. His comrade replied, This is nothing but the sword of the Lord and of Gideon the son of Joas, a man of Israel. Into his hand God has given Midian and all the host. When when Gideon heard this, he worshipped God and returned to the Israelite camp. He said, Arise, for the Lord has given into your hand the host of Midian. Quickly Gideon divided his men into three companies and instructed them to do just what he did. When I come into the edge of the camp, he said, I shall blow my trumpet and you shall blow your trumpets on every side of their camp. 
You shall then shout for the Lord and for Gideon. Then break open your pitchers and lift up your lighted torch and stand your ground. So Gideon went down with his company of a hundred men. Gideon and his men blew their trumpets. Then they smashed the pitchers on their in their hands and they lifted up their lighted torches and shouted, The sword of the Lord and Gideon. Three hundred men. The Lord struck fear into the hearts of the Midianites, possibly because cause every torch would, could, in their mind would represent a thousand men. So it's possibly thought we are possibly facing an army of 300,000 soldiers. So they fled in their panic. And they were so, and they panicked so, so much and they, uh, they were so afraid. They drew their swords and began to kill each other, not knowing who was what or what was going on. The rest of them continued to flee in terror. Men from, uh, from Manasseh pursued and killed many, and also the men from Naphtali and from Ephraim and Asher did likewise. <clears throat> so the Lord delivered Israel with, with Gideon and just 300 devout warriors. I wonder just how many devout prayer warriors God needs to save our land, even here where we live. How many devout prayer warriors does God need to save our land? We all know the plight of our land. Yes, we are suffering through a vicious drought. We're suffering because our irrigation water has been sent down the river. Unless it rains profusely, we will have no allocation of irrigation water for next season either. A lot of our farmers have already gone. There is a malaise in our society. So many politicians and leaders have virtually sold themselves in order to gain the big city votes. Just go with popular opinion to get a vote. Just looking out for themselves. They have turned away backwards from the ways of our God. Many people even deny the existence of God. There are farmers in our district who wake up during the night in a cold sweat. They do not know what to do. They don't know what to do anymore. They don't know where to turn. They feel betrayed. And because, well, they have been betrayed. Victorian New South Wales is the most important food bowl in our nation. Thousands of cattle have been sold for slaughter unnecessarily. So many of the cattle that remain in its district are too poor to be taken to market. They are slowly starving to death. Most farmers cannot buy water or find or purchase feed for their animals because they just haven't got the cash anymore. Our whole community is suffering and it is getting worse. There is a spirit of hopelessness, hopelessness upon our people. Mar- marriages and families and relationships are being destroyed. There is a, an atmosphere of great oppression and depression upon our people here. So, now what can we as God's people do now? 
Our job is to strengthen ourselves in the Lord, just like David did in the Old Testament. And how do we do that? We cry out to the Lord seeking him. We cry out to God to turn ourselves and our people back to himself. We beg the Holy Spirit to convict our people and of ourselves of sin, to reveal Jesus through his word and create faith in him. Confess our sin to him. Let's do this then. And only then will the Lord heal our land, as it is written in 2 Chronicles 7.14. When do we cry out to the Lord? Now, right now. Please, will you all remain in your seat for the top for We've got a bit of time left, not much, but I want you to remain in your seat. This is a solemn time. Now, I want each one of you that is able to pray to bow your heads this morning and to focus on the Lord and cry out to him, each one of us. Each one of us pray individually together. Never mind what others are praying around you. You pray, you, 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 me, you, you and everyone. I want you to pray this morning. I'm going to be praying with you. I'm going to sit down and join you in the congregation and we're going to pray. I'll be doing the same, like I'll be praying with you and um, the time we have left before <coughs> Brooke or Tim comes and closes off the service when she calls they call time. We all need to just cry out from our hearts to the Lord now. Cry out for loved ones, not saved yet. Cry out for our schools and teachers, for dysfunctional relationships, for forgiveness, for all the sick ones that we have in our community and even in our church. For those sick ones that are heavy on your heart. Cry out for our community, farmers and struggling businesses. Cry out for the Lord to visit us and tell us what he wants us to do at this time. Continue to cry out in the difficult days ahead. Remember, our God is a loving God. He is a just God and he is a faithful God who can do anything. Let's do it now. Bless you. Glory to God. Now we will all pray. It can be silent prayer, it can be verbal prayer, but just pray. Pray.